for listening to this sermon from Garden City Methodist Church. We want to invite you to worship with us each Sunday at 10.30 a.m., either in person or online. You can come to our beautiful sanctuary at 62 Varnado Avenue, Garden City, Georgia, or you can worship with us online as we stream our services at GardenCityUMC.com. We're talking about the prophets in this series called Shaking the Box during Advent. The prophets who looked forward to a Messiah to save them and to ransom Israel, kind of the same way a kid looks forward to their presence on Christmas morning. We wrapped our kids' presents this week and put them under the tree. I guess we were a little late with some of them, but they've already been down there. They're, they're shaking them. Ruth says, I think this one's, this one's a book, but then she says, no, it's a graphic novel. I don't know how she can tell what kind of book it is from the outside of the book, but this is what kids do, right? They, they shake their presents, they hold them, they judge their weight so they can see what kind of present might, they might get. And this is kind of what the, pre- the prophets did. They, they shook the box of prophecy to see what kind of savior they were going to get. And so I got my kids to get me a present at the dollar store. And each week I've been shaking it, trying to figure out what's in here. Uh, I'm going to open it on Christmas Eve, so there's a little bit of suspense here. And so um, this week I'm going to just go by sound. It's knocking around. I hope it's not breakable. Um, I don't know. What does that sound like? It sounds like maybe like a... It's rattling in there. It's too big to be like a package, I think. I want to say maybe like a ball of some kind, like a, it feels like it's kind of knocking around like a ball would. I'm going to guess a ball. So come back on Christmas Eve, find out what my kids got me. Sarah Beth knows and she's smiling, so it should be good. But this week we are going to talk about Micah. Micah was one of the prophets that looked forward to a savior, looked forward to the consolation of Israel. And uh, Micah had kind of the same problem, I think, that a lot of prophets have had and that a lot of preachers had today. See, there's always two kinds of people that I want to keep in mind while I'm preaching. I want to keep in mind the person who is so overwhelmed. Maybe they felt loss. Maybe they felt grief. Maybe they're just struggling in life. And there's sometimes people come through the doors of the church and they're so overwhelmed and they just can't take any more. And if that kind of person comes into a church and the preacher's preaching hellfire and brimstone of you need to repent, you need to do better, and you need to do this, and you need to do that, and you're not good enough for all the stuff, uh, how does that person walk out believing about Jesus? What is the good news of the gospel for that person? right? And so keeping that kind of person in mind, I always want to preach God's grace when I preach. I always want to say there is good news of God's grace for you because I never want anybody to walk out of a church where I'm preaching not knowing or not believing that God loves them and offers them grace. But then there's another person that might walk into church, the kind of person that thinks they don't need God at all. 
that they're just fine the way they are. That, that Jesus and them are good and, and they don't need to do anything different than they're doing, which we know is not true. We've always got room to grow. We've always got room to develop in our faith. And so my question for that person is, how am I challenging that person to, to walk into God's holiness? How am I challenging that person to live a life of faith? And so there's, there's this conflict that, that, that most preachers have of grace and challenge. I always want to be offering God's grace, but I always want to be challenging people to devote more of themselves to God in that grace. And sometimes you hear a week where it's heavy on challenge, maybe a little lighter on grace. Sometimes you'll hear a week when it's heavier on grace, a little lighter on challenge. And that's, I think we've seen that so far in this series. We talked about God as a righteous king who's going to come and make everything right. And that is a, a, ser- a sermon of grace. God has got us. He is going to, to make things better for you. There's grace there. But last week we heard of God as a refining fire who's coming to burn all the impurities out of us. And that was a high challenge message. But I always want to make sure in the challenge messages that there's grace, and in the grace message, there's an element of challenge. It's a hard needle to thread sometimes, but um, if I ever do get it right, it's because the Holy Spirit was working inside of me, not because I did anything special. But I believe this dichotomy was present in the prophets, too. Right? They're here to present a challenge. Most prophets, for a lot of their books, are saying, Woe be to Israel, woe be to, to us for, for disobeying God, for turning against the way God is, for bowing to idols, and God's going to judge us for that. But there's always an element of grace in there too. There's always an element of if you turn back to God, God will forgive you, he will restore you, and he'll bring you back with his grace. The center of the message in the midst of all the challenge, is that if you repent, God will give you grace. So Micah is coming into this scene who has some of the same struggles of all the other prophets we've dealt with in the series. God's people have been unfaithful. They have these little spurts of faithfulness every once in a while, but for a large part, they have not done what God wanted them to do. They have turned to idols. They've disobeyed. And he includes this message of, of challenge, but also of grace. And so he's looking to, to the future, to a time when God will send his promised Messiah, a Savior, to handle these problems once and for all. And he sees the promised gift of the Messiah, like the present under the tree. And this is what he says in Micah, or yeah, Micah chapter 5, verses 2 through 5. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has brought forth 
Then the rest of his kindred shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. They shall live secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be the one of peace. If the Assyrians come into our land and tread upon our soil, we will give rise against them seven shepherds and eight installed as rulers. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So God's message for Israel through Micah, his word of grace for them in the midst of challenge, wasn't that they'd always be rich and prosperous and productive. It wasn't that they were always going to have plenty of money and food and power and fame. It was that they would finally have a leader in whom they would find hope. This leader would come from Bethlehem, the town of David, and it would be a shepherd who would guide them through all adversity. Bethlehem was a town of shepherds. David was a shepherd before he became a king. There were sheep all around that area. And the more I think about Christ as a good shepherd, the more this image paints a picture of what all the prophets were looking for when they prophesied about Jesus, when they anticipated a Messiah. See, the great thing about a shepherd is, a shepherd is whatever his sheep need him to be, right? If the sheep are attacked from outside by a predator, then he's a warrior fighting on their behalf, slaying lions or wolves or whatever else it is that, that threaten the sheep. The shepherd becomes their protector. If they're attacked by, from the inside, by their own stupidity and carelessness, then the shepherd is a vigilant disciplinarian using his rod. Instead of fighting the wolves, he uses the rod to smack the sheep when they're fixing to walk off a cliff because he knows what's best for them. If they're hungry, he leads them to a pasture where they can eat. If they're thirsty, he leads them beside the still waters where they can drink. If they get lost, he goes out and he finds them. A good shepherd is whatever his sheep need him to be in that moment. And that's what Jesus is for us. When we're under attack, Jesus wages war on our behalf against sin and death and gives us his life. If we're mired in sin, then he refines us until we're pure. If we're in trouble, then he's there leading us through that trouble, being with us all the way. If we're stuck in idolatry, he does what it takes to snap us out of it. That doesn't mean that Jesus is always what we want him to be. Right? Sometimes we want Jesus to take it a lot easier on us than he does, but Jesus is always what we need him to be because he is the good shepherd. It turns out the answer to the dilemma of grace versus challenge comes in the person of Jesus Christ. Through the incarnation of God into the flesh, this is the answer 
to grace versus challenge because Jesus is holy, but he's also full of grace. He is our shepherd. He gives us grace upon grace, chance after chance, while also challenging us to become more like him, more pure, more holy, more loving. The thing is, Jesus does this by leading us. We don't get to lead Jesus. We don't get to tell Jesus where to go or what to do. Jesus is the one who leads us. The shepherd is the one who's the leader of the flock. The sheep don't get to just go wherever they want. They don't get to go hang out in the lion's den because they know that they've got a shepherd for a bodyguard that's going to keep them safe. They don't even sometimes get to know where they're going. They don't, the shepherd doesn't talk to the sheep and say, is it okay with you if we go by the green pastures now? No, he just whacks them with a stick and says, get onto those green pastures. They don't often know what they're doing. But the thing is, if the shepherd just protected the sheep without guiding them and offering them some challenge, then they'd get themselves killed in a million stupid ways. Sheep are a danger to themselves. Forget about wolves and lions. They need the shepherd to both be a guide and a discipliner and a protector and a warrior for them. And if we want Jesus to be our shepherd this Advent, we have to give up the idea that we are in charge of our own lives. We gotta let go. We've gotta submit to the leadership and the guidance of the Good Shepherd. We have to trust that He knows where we should go better than we do. So, my question this Christmas week, as we are we are less than a week away from Christmas, and we are about to get busier than we are almost any other time of year. And in the midst of celebrations, shopping and cooking and wrapping and assembling these doggone presents. Maybe that's just me being a father of young children. The assembling is the most daunting thing for me. Amen. But in the midst of this crazy season, what do you need Jesus to be for you? this week? What do you need Jesus for? Not what do you want him to be? We all want him to be baby Jesus, snuggly, warm feelings, Jesus. What do we need Jesus to be for us today? Do you need a savior who will rescue you from a foe? Some people come in here today and they are on their last strength. They are, they are on their last nerve. And maybe you need Jesus Christ to be your comforter, to be your rescuer, to be your hope today. He is that. He is. Do you need a king this week who will challenge you to a life of purity? Are you struggling because you've got a sin in your life that you just don't know how to get rid of? Jesus 
can be your refining fire. And that's not a fun process, but it's a good one. And he can be that for you today. Do you need a guide who will show you the way? Are you lost and don't know what you should be doing? Don't know where you should be going with your life? Jesus can be that for you today. Jesus famously said that he's the kind of shepherd that leaves the 99 and seeks after the one. Jesus is what you need him to be, but not what you want him to be. So today, as we pray, know that Jesus is always offering grace. Always. He never stops offering grace. That is the, one of the most defining things about God. God is love. Jesus is God. Grace is abundant and sufficient with him. But he also loves us too much to leave us where we are. And that grace also comes with a challenge. Become like him. Dedicate yourself to a life of obedience, of following Christ. Because the thing is, this Advent, when we remember the time in which the prophets looked forward to a coming Messiah, reminds us that we are also in our own Advent. Because Jesus is coming again. And we are in a place right here and now when we are looking for a coming Messiah. And he's coming again in glory. And he will be the fulfillment of what you need him to be. But we cannot receive what we need from Jesus if we believe that we can do it all ourselves. We cannot receive Jesus to be the one that we need him to be if we refuse to acknowledge that we need anything. And so often, my challenge, when I, when I get into times of adversity, when I get into times of stress, my go-to thing is like, well, I'll just pull myself up by my own bootstraps and I'll make it happen. And I don't acknowledge that I need something from outside of me, and I need a shepherd. I need a shepherd to protect me. I need a shepherd to correct me. I can't do it on my own. So no matter where you are today, whether you feel like you're struggling on your last nerve, or you feel like you're the one who is doing it on their own, come and submit to the good shepherd who will care for you, who will lead you, and who will provide for you. Let's go and pray. Jesus, you are a good shepherd. So often we forget that. We think that we can be out in front leading when we need to be following. Or we think that we've got ourselves all together and we don't need your correction. Or we think that we're too far gone and we're outside the bounds of your grace. But none of that is true. We are but sheep wandering around. Where Micah looked forward to your coming, to, a, to the shepherd who would guide his people. God, we need it just as bad. We need you just as bad. 
So Father, help us to submit to you as our good shepherd today. Help us to look forward to you providing what we need. Thank you, God. God, you could have created us and just left us to our own devices, but instead you came in the form of a human being to be our good shepherd. Let us respond in faithful obedience, receiving your grace. In your name I pray. Amen.